You are listening to The Gateway Church, located in Ferrisburg, Michigan. You can learn more about us by visiting thegateway.church or like and follow us on Facebook, where you can watch full services, keep up with all that is going on, and get connected. As I was thinking about mothers and I was thinking about this morning, I was thinking back to, and I was curious, how many moms have had a son or a daughter go away to camp or even just an overnight and your son or daughter uh, calls home because they are homesick, right? They don't even make it one night or they get through the week, but then when they get home, they're like, Mom, Dad, there's no place like home. Everybody say, there's no place like home. I was thinking about it. My first missions trip was to Mexico City, and Jessica and I, we met on that trip. I was 16 years old, and uh, after uh, two weeks of the, sm- the sights and the smells and the smog and the poverty, when we flew back into U.S. soil and we got back into the uh, United States, I was saying to myself, there's no place like home. My daughter, Reagan, she lived in Minneapolis for a couple years in school, and she loved her college experience. She loved her friends. She loved where she lived. We would actually send her a taste of home on occasion in care packages, but when she would come home, she would say, Mom, Dad, there's no place like home. As an adult, going home for the, for the holidays or for any reason that matter. What is it? It's the smells and the taste and the nostalgia, but mostly it's the people, am I right? That gets us sane. And say it with me, there's no place like home. 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 I love it. I love it. I love it. Think about on the front porch of your house, a cup of coffee or a hot tea and a good book, sitting on the porch. What is it about home? No matter what kind of home you've got, it's the familiarity. Maybe it's comfortable. Certainly there's love there. There's memories. And we all can get caught up in this idea of home being almost uh, 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 not immoralized, Uh, like specialized, whatever. Um, But for moms especially, and all the moms in the room, can you relate that your desire to see your kids, to be with them, and to communicate with with your kids, it goes through the roof. All the moms in the room say amen. Amen. And the thing that is true for most moms, it's that moms will do whatever they can do to make those two things happen, to be able to communicate and to be with their kids, to have their kids at home. And let's just be honest, there's a lot of sacrifice sometimes to make those things come together, a lot of sacrifice when it comes to our kids to say there's no place like home. You say, well, Pastor, what is, what's up with this no place like home? What, where are you headed with this? Well, we are studying the book of Exodus. How many have been enjoying that? We've got a couple more weeks, and then we'll be finishing up with Exodus. But it's Exodus, and it's Mother's Day, 
And I prayed this week, Lord, how could I bring the two together? And I want to remind us that in the book of Exodus, if God were to speak and say, hey, this is what Exodus is about, what have we been saying? If you haven't written this down, you need to write it down now. It's like God was saying, I am the living God and I care for my people. And before we really get our mind around that idea again today, I want to take a step back and take a macro look of the Bible as a whole with this being the lens, with the thought of God's desire to be with his people and to communicate with them kind of like a mom does, and we'll see how that works together. But think about it. At the very beginning, it was the Garden of Eden. He, he created this perfect place of together a home, a dwelling. Uh, talk about no place like home. Have, or, uh, the Garden of Eden was one of those places. But then soon into the creation, we have the sin story, right, where there was this fractured relationship, and now all of a sudden there's a separation between God and man, and there's an angel at the door of the Garden of Eden, and now there's a separation, Fast forward, God's son, Jesus, was sent to, to be a sacrifice to pay for the sins of the world, and we call that salvation, and he provided a way for us to have reconciliation. And then all the way at the end of Scripture, so from Genesis to Revelation, in the end, we are promised an eternal promise that forever we would be together with a new heaven, a new earth, a new home, so to speak. That's God's plan, a home forever and ever and ever. But in between the fall of man and the New Testament, there was a huge step. So there was a separation then. There was a huge step by God to reconcile what had been lost and broken in the Garden of Eden. In fact, I wrote it down, and you can see it on the slide. God thought about his people, and he thought of home. He thought of a dwelling place. God's desire to be with his children, to be with his people, and to communicate with them led to great lengths in the book of Exodus to make this happen, to create a home, a place to meet with and communicate with humans. But in order for that to happen, it would take a lot of sacrifice to restore this relationship that had been fractured. You say, what are we talking about? What, what did God do? What did God create? Well, God created a tabernacle, a place of dwelling. And it's so important, apparently, about a third of the book of Exodus revolves around the idea of a tabernacle. One-third of the entire story is surrounding the tabernacle, a home, a dwelling place for God to be with his people and, again, to be able to communicate with them. So this is the task at hand. We've got three things. We've got Mother's Day. We've got the book of Exodus. And then we've got this tabernacle, which the reading that we've been doing that you hopefully pre-read or you will reread this week, we want to meld those things together. And it's not a typical view of tabernacle, what we're going to do today in the next few moments. And some of you think, okay, are, is this a stretch? You be the determiner of that. You be the judge. But I do believe there's something here for us today. How many would agree? If you do, say, there's no place like home. One more time. Amen. Well, 
We've been studying in Exodus, and our reading for this week was Exodus 25 through 31. And then if you fast forward to 35 through 40, uh, it's a repeat, almost word for word, of the tabernacle and those types of things. One-third of the book of Exodus. In the, in the next couple weeks, we're going to finish up the book of Exodus, and so be paying attention for the pre-reading. It'll enrich your time with us, uh, whether you're online or here in person for sure. Now, if you back it up, just one chapter to Exodus 24, the book of uh, the, uh, chapter 24 ends with Moses going up on the mountain. I want to read this, and it'll kind of set the stage, and it'll give us an idea of what's happening here. It says, Then Moses went up on the mountain, and the cloud covered the mountain. The glory of the Lord dwelt on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. Now the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on top of the mountain in the sight of the people of Israel. Of Israel. Moses entered the cloud and went up on the mountain, and Moses was on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. This is the fifth time Moses is on the summit. He's 80 years old at this point. You say, what's happening here? Well, we're going to see that the story highlights God's eternal purpose to dwell with his people. It wasn't, he didn't come just to govern the people or even just to save his people. God wanted to be with his people. And here on the mountain, God would speak and give instruction to Moses for the people. In chapter 25, as we move in there, it starts with receiving it of an offering or contributions for the tabernacle to fund a home, a place for God. And within the next seven chapters that was our reading, 25 through 31, we find three Seriously important, seriously important, excuse me, uh, functions of the tabernacle. The tabernacle was a place to be with God and his people. It was a place where God could communicate to his people, and ultimately it became a place of sacrifice, and that's really important. We'll talk about that in a minute. But God is saying in these seven chapters, he's saying this not only to the people of Israel, but to us as well, I want to live with you. I want to live with you. I want to be with you. So let's look at it. The first uh, reason that the tabernacle was created was to be a place for God to be with his people, a dwelling place. In Exodus chapter 25, verses 8 and 9, it says this, And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell in their midst. You can underline that, highlight that in your scripture. Make sure that's noted. Exactly as I show you concerning the pattern of the tabernacle and of all its furnishings, you shall make it. To make a dwelling in their midst. And he gives the pattern, the architecture, the materials, the furnishings. And he says, this is how to do it. And when you read it, it's long. And if you pre-read this week, you're thinking, man, that's a lot to cover. And I understand that. It's elaborate. It's detailed. There's details of gold and silver and bronze. And the furnishings are symbolic of the Garden of Eden. There's a lot of imagery in these chapters. And it's all about this tabernacle, this dwelling place. And it wasn't just to be a tourist attraction. It wasn't just a place to visit. 
visit on occasion. It was a place of dwelling for God Almighty to live. Now, let's be clear. Yahweh God cannot be contained. Amen. He's everywhere, but he is present. He's visible. He's attainable. And he draws us close to him. And that's a story we see here. In Exodus as a whole, when you look at it uh, in a big picture, it's a clear picture of where all this has been heading. Two million people in slavery, but they're God's people. The burning bush, the plagues, the rescue, then the crossing of the Red Sea, right? The salvation there. All so God could be with his people. Exodus 29, verse 45 and 46 says this, I will dwell among the people of Israel and will be their God. And they shall know that I am the Lord their God who brought them out of the land of Egypt that I might dwell among them. I am the Lord their God. God wants to dwell with his people and his heart for us is so great. Just like the heart of of a mother. When you think of the heart of a mother, I'm not sure what comes to your mind, your grandma, maybe it's your mom, or maybe it's uh, another mom. But for me, for some reason, as I was studying this week, my mind went to Mother Teresa. Now, I, I, I'm wondering, does anybody know Mother Teresa's real name? Um, anybody on the spot that's in the room? If you do, I've got $10 right here for you. Anybody want to take a guess? You don't have a guess? It's Agnes Bojaku, something like that. I can't even read it, Pastor Bobby. Any, well, since, since I had $10 anyway, um, I'm going to keep it. All right, for now. Okay, all right, okay. But Mother Teresa, when you kind of dig into her life, she was born into a comfortable Albanian family. They had a couple houses. They had, they, they had some wealth. And she was fascinated by missions and missionaries from an early age. And at age 18, she left home. And it's interesting, Mother Teresa never saw her mother or her sister again. Kind of interesting. She lived to 87 years old as a nurse, as a nun, in the slums with the poorest of the poor, the most vulnerable with children. She was at home with the hungry and the naked and the homeless, the crippled, the blind, the lepers. And when I started reading, I'm like, the lepers, right? I mean, that's in the Bible. It's true. She actually created a home for people with leprosy. And all the people who felt unwanted and unloved and uncared for throughout society, those people became her people, and she wanted to be with them, to dwell with them, to be at home with them. And she had opportunity to live wherever she wanted, but she chose all those years to live in the slums. You know, I was thinking about God's heart for people. I think Mother Teresa had God's heart for people. How many would agree, right? And it's interesting that, that God, he had a heart for his people, and he created a tabernacle so he could dwell with, so he could be at home with his people. The second thing we see in Scripture here is that the tabernacle became a place where God would communicate with his people. He would speak, right? Exodus 25, verse 22, it says, I will meet with you, and from... 
above the mercy seat from between the two cherubim uh, that are on the Ark of the Testimony or the Ark of the Covenant. I will speak, underline that or highlight that, with you about all that I will give you in commandment for the people of Israel. In other words, the tabernacle was created to be a place where God would speak. It was a place of revelation where he would reveal himself. How many know God is not a private God? He doesn't keep to himself. He speaks. He discloses his will and his character, not only through his word, but even audibly. There are points in Scripture that talk about God being a friend, uh, that we are a friend of God, that he's a personal God. There's personal affection. And God's heart along the way, especially through the word of God, was to speak, right, to communicate. He had a huge heart for that, kind of like a mother's heart to speak, to talk with their kids. If there's ever a day to communicate with your mom, it's Mother's Day. And so for all of you here that aren't with your mom right now, make sure you call or text. I've been, you've been warned, okay? <laughs> there's no excuse. Every mom, am I right, moms, want to talk to their kids without exception. In fact, I was thinking about it, Jessica, when she was pregnant with both of our kids, we started talking to our kids even when our kids were in the womb. How many moms did that? You talk to your kids even when they're in the womb. When our kids are young, we read to them because we want to be with them, but we want to communicate with them. And then we really want our kids to talk with us as they grow. How many know there's some seasons that that's more rare than others, right? But it's the desire of a mother to talk about dreams and hopes, to talk about love and friendship and school and hardships. And hopefully, prayerfully, moms, you get a chance to talk about the Lord and about the goodness of God. And moms and dads can do that for sure. And when this heart is not evident for some reason, to communicate with your kids, if you're saying, yeah, maybe I know someone that that's not the case, there's some sort of dysfunction because we were not created that way. And so we got to be careful. And the truth is God wanted to commune, to be with, and communicate with his people. And the tabernacle became this place to be and a place to speak. But before we get too far, you have to understand that this was not possible without sacrifice. This couldn't just happen, God being with his people or God speaking. He would only speak through Moses or through a representative. He wouldn't speak to the, to the, to the average person. And why was that? The truth is that God is holy, he's perfect, and we are not. And in order for this to work, for in order for there to be this communion and this communication, a third purpose of the tabernacle is revealed. The tabernacle had to become a place of sacrifice. In Exodus chapter 25, verse 8, it says this, And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell in their midst. That's the goal. That's kind of the big picture. But in that day and age, that was a foreign idea, that God would be close to the people 
In fact, the holy place, if in their minds, they're thinking, that sounds scary. Before this, they would never come close to the glory of God. In fact, the idea of holy meant dangerous. The idea, take off your sandals, you're on holy ground. And it wasn't a casual relationship with God and his people. And you would never come into the presence of God without invitation. And the truth is, there would be no communion, no safety, without mediation, without a daily sacrifice. You say, daily sacrifice? Well, let's look at it. Exodus 29, 38. It says, now this is what you shall offer on the altar in the tabernacle, right? Two lambs a year old, day by day. Highlight that. Day by day, regularly. Every single day, in order for God to be with his people and in order for his people to hear his voice, there had to be a sacrifice. A little later, verse 42, it says, It shall be a regular burnt offering throughout your generation at the entrance of the tent of meetings before the Lord. And then that's what would cause, then look what it says, Where I will meet with you, as communion, and speak to you there. What was lost in the Garden of Eden is being restored step by step. You guys see it? And the purpose of the tabernacle is that God wanted it to dwell with, so God decided to live in a tent like the rest of Israel, in the center of camp. In fact, there are pictures. You can Google it online, the tabernacle. And God, the tabernacle's in the middle, and then there's tents all surrounding it in the middle of camp. But that was not possible. A holy God could not live with sinful people. So the tabernacle was designed to make a way for a holy God to live with people. But in order for that to happen, there was a lot of sacrifice. Again, when I think of sacrifice, I think of a mother's heart. Don't you? There's not a mom in the room that wouldn't give their life, lay down their life for their for their son or daughter. That's just the way moms are. Dads are that way as well. But the, the idea that came to my mind, it reminded me of when I was young. My grandma, uh, she, was, she would take us, me and my sisters, to a convenience store. It was about a half mile away. We'd walk there, and it was uphill both ways. No, just kidding. But, um, but she, she would take us, and uh, part of the trip there was we had to go on the main road, and there were no sidewalks. And so we'd walk in the... Uh, in the dirt, in the gravel, right on the side of the road. And my grandma would always say, kids, you be on this side. I'm going to be your bumper, is what she would call herself. She said, I'm the bumper. In other words, if a car is going to hit anybody, they're going to hit me. And I remember that. And I, I'm thinking, man, my grandma was awesome. She would take Hit, being hit by a car so I didn't have to. And that's kind of the sacrifice that a mom uh, makes uh, on a regular basis. Isn't that true, moms? Yes. <laughs> yes. And I think especially on a day like today, uh, for those that make an unimaginable sacrifice, until you're in the shoes of a single mom, I can't tell. I don't know what that's like. But for the single moms that are here, our hats are off to you. Oftentimes working one, two jobs or more, juggling activities all by yourself, uh, school to and from. And many times a single mom 
will go without things, sometimes not even eating right or getting new clothes or even getting any kind of break. And they've got the weight of the physical needs and emotional needs and spiritual needs. It is a lot, even in the best of circumstance. And no matter how a single mom got there, it doesn't even matter. We want you to know here at the Gateway Church that we love you and we want to be a blessing to you. And so I I know there's a little phrase that says, do for one what you wish you could do for all. And uh, and in regards to single moms, what we're going to do is someone that's here this morning uh, is going to be blessed with a $100 gift card. And the way it's working is at the after service, if you haven't already, uh, if you are a single mom, you can put your name in there. That'd be fine. Or if you know of a single mom uh, that's close to you, you can put uh, their name in. And then if you don't know their address, uh, then just let us know that they're connected to you and we will make that contact. But on Tuesday, our staff will pull out from first service. Someone will win a $100 gift card, second service. And don't worry, those that are online, you can fill in right now saying, hey, uh, put in a name, single mom, and we'll add and we'll pull out of those that were online, that were watching. And uh, each in each case, a $100 gift card this week will be given to those moms. And I do want to just say, I still have this $10. And... Is there a single mom in the room that could use a little of my extra blow money? It's yours. All right. I'll get it to you after, Hope. You come and see me, okay? And I would just want to say, and I do that. I thought I might give it away earlier, but no one knew uh, Mother Teresa's name. No one ever does. But, uh, but Hope, uh, that's an extra blessing for you. And would you just follow suit? If you know a single mom... Be a blessing. Just give them a word of encouragement. Or if you can do something for them, uh, let's be a blessing to a single mom today. Oh, and by the way, all the moms in the room, we've got a candle for you. They're out on the tables, and we want you to take those. You can look on the bottom. I found out in between services, they have different smells. And this one's peppermint. Mmm, that's good. But anyway, (laughs) take them till they're gone. And they're for the moms that are here. But if you have a mom if you're, and you're like, in fact, Eli, I know your mom's not here. That one is for your mom. But not from me. It's from you, brother. I just saved you. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I figured. I figured. All right, good. Let's get back to Exodus. Let's wrap this up. So a third of the book of Exodus is all about this tabernacle, right? In this step of reconciliation is seeing that what was lost is now being made new again. And let's fast forward to the New Testament because there's another huge step seen in all four Gospels. And in John's Gospel, it chronicles it like this. John 1.1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Everyone say, with God. So this idea that Jesus was with God, he dwelled, that his home was in heaven, and the Word was God. And then in verse 14, it says, and the Word, that's Jesus, became flesh and dwelt among us. Pause there for a moment. In the original language, that word, dwelt among us, was the word tabernacle. So in other words, you could say, the Word became flesh and tabernacled among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of the only Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. 
So what we see here is this idea of dwelling, tabernacling. He pitched his tent, so to speak. And what's so cool, I had heard that before, but I didn't realize that the original hearers, when they would have heard that, their minds would have gone back to Exodus 25 through 31, which is what we're studying, what we've read this week. Isn't that cool? They would have thought back to, and just like the tabernacle was a place of sacrifice, a high priest would daily sacrifice, and then once a year, they would go into the Holy of Holies. Well, Jesus became the high priest for us. A sacrifice, huge sacrifice was required, and Jesus became that sacrifice. Jesus on the cross, the Old Testament pointed, everything was pointing to the cross, right? And then we know that in the, ta- in not the tabernacle, but the actual temple that was built later, there was a curtain separating the presence of God from the common people. Well, when Jesus took his last breath, that curtain was torn from top to bottom. And now we could boldly enter into the presence of God. We could approach his throne. We don't deserve that, but that's what God did for us. He sent his one and only son for us. Let's look at it in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 through 16. It says, Since then, we have a great high priest. That's an understatement of the, of the millennium, right? Who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, thank the Lord, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Amazing. Let us then, look what it says, come with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Wow, that's amazing. I'm going to ask the worship team to come as we you say, how is that possible? There's another scripture, Hebrews 10, 12, that says, But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sin, he sat down at the right hand of God. The way we can say this with confidence is because of what Jesus did for us. The last place where we should be bold, now we can enter in and dwell. We can home. We can tabernacle because of Jesus' sacrifice. It's amazing. Church, Jesus is the final tabernacle. Jesus is the actual presence of God. Jesus is the actual holy of holies. And there's a lot of imagery in those seven chapters that we read or you will read after the message here, 25 through 31. There's a table in the, in the temple or in the tabernacle where they would put the bread for the priests. And how many know Jesus is the bread of life? Everything was pointing to Jesus. There was a lamp also within the tabernacle that would light the the tabernacle and they would keep it lit. And how many know that Jesus is the light of the world? Amen? And within the tabernacle, within that space, there was the ability for the people to commune and to speak. But again, don't forget, it only came 
because of the sacrifice. And Jesus became the final sacrifice for us. The separation is now gone. And we can commune. We can speak to Jesus face to face. One more verse, Revelation chapter 21, verse 3. So from Genesis to Revelation, we see the hand of God. Look what it says. It says, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place, that's the tabernacle of God, is now with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. That's the invitation. God's home. There's no place like home. And we get to dwell with him. And the Bible says that for those that turn their hearts to Jesus, that our bodies become the temple of the Holy Spirit. In other words, Jesus dwells inside of us. And eventually, we will dwell with God in heaven forever and ever. Our permanent home, our permanent tabernacle. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word. And Lord, as it's come alive to me this week, I pray that it'll continue to come alive in our hearts today. And God, where you were relentlessly pursuing your people, you're still doing the same today. You're drawing all men to you, men and women. God, I pray in these next few moments that you just capture our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. With your head bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around in the room. And if you're online, you can participate. Just chat, you know, put in the chat that, you're, you're, that you need Jesus, that you're uh, coming to the Savior, that you're repenting, and we will follow up with you. We've got resources. But for those that are in the room, if you're here and you do not have a relationship with Jesus, if you've never accepted him as your Lord and Savior, today's your day. We want you to do that. I'm not going to twist your arm to do that, but God, he's been pursuing you. He's been drawing you, and we want you to, that's why we exist, is to bring people to Jesus. Or maybe you're here, and maybe it's been a long time since you've served the Lord. Maybe you had a relationship in the past, but today you're here. Maybe you're here because of Mother's Day. I don't know but you're here and you feel God calling, I'd encourage you to rededicate your life to the Lord. For either one of those, salvation or rededication, if you're here in the room and that's you, you're saying, Pastor Ben, that's me, would you just slip up your hand and join the one that uh, first service, we had one person respond. Who in second service today would say, yeah, that's me. I need Jesus in my life. Anyone at all, just slip up your hand not going to embarrass you, not going to call you out. We want to pray with you. We've got resources for you. Unless I'm missing somebody here, but for the sake of those that may be online that are responding right now, I'm just going to pray a quick prayer of salvation. And then we want to have a prayer for our moms, and then we'll close. Lord, I pray that you would draw all men to you. Your word says that you will. And Lord, we are part of that. God, I just pray that you would... uh, touch people's hearts. Lord, I pray that there'd be confession. Your word says if we confess our sins, you're faithful and just to forgive us 
of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. I pray that you would do that right here, right now, in this moment. And Lord, I pray that as you remove our sin, Lord, that we will live with you, commune with you. We pray it all in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen and amen. I want you to stand. And all the moms in the room, I want you to put your hand on your heart. And I want you to, and we're just going to pray a blessing over you today. And then we're going to close out the service with the Psalm 46 song that we sang at the beginning. And, so there's, and there's some really cool spots in the song that talk about being with God and how God pursues us. And I want you to be aware of that in light of the message today. But for all the moms that are here with your hand on your heart, uh, just I wanted you to receive this blessing. Lord Jesus, I pray a Holy Spirit blessing on every mom that's here. In fact, every mom that's watching online as well, God, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would just fill our mothers up to overflowing. God, moms, they are so caring for their kids. Their heart for their kids is so great and often will give so much, will sacrifice so much, and God, right now, I just pray that you would fill us up. Lord, that you would put your hand of protection around all of our mothers. God, I pray that even in the, the best and the worst of circumstances, Lord, you're right there in their midst. They're not doing this alone. And God, I pray that you would just strengthen, that you would gird them up, so to speak, Lord. Help them, Lord, to be strong in you and to be a testimony to their kids. Lord, I pray all these things. Thank you for your blessing. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen and amen. Come on, let's worship the Lord. We're going to end with this song, and let's be mindful of these words about God being with us. Amen. Amen. Yes, Lord, we just thank you today that you are the God who is with us. That the God of the universe, the omnipresent, all-powerful, all-good God would choose to dwell in a tent just to be with his people. That the God of the universe would choose to take a form of a man and dwell in tabernacle among us. Lord, let us not lose sight of that today. Let us not lose grasp of that today, the weight of that, that so many times we try to toil and wrestle our way and get closer to you and we fail to realize that you've come down to meet us where we're at in our mess, in our brokenness, in our hurt, in our pain, in our wandering, in our confusion, in our sin. Jesus, we thank you for your love. We thank you that you are with us that you are our strong tower and our refuge, that you want to communicate and speak with us, Lord. Lord, and as a response, let us be people who lay down our lives to you in return. Lord, we give you our hearts, we give you our lives, we give you everything that we might go and be your hands and feet to a lost, hurting, and broken world. So we pray that you would go before us, that you would be behind us, that you would be all around us as we go and be your salt 
and light. Jesus, we give you the praise and glory and honor in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today for service. You can go in the grace of God. And again, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegateway.church.